This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hopeland Church. Um, I'm really excited about this new series, uh, What is Discipleship? And so we're really excited about teaching this and really walking through our community through this. This is a big deal. Um, just if you look at the Gospels and um, the book of Acts, that word disciple is used hundreds of times. Okay, so it is a big deal. I mean, Jesus' first followers were called disciples. And in the book of Acts, they were called disciples. The Bible says that the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So we, us followers of Christ, were first called disciples before Christians even. Okay, that was just a term used. That was, uh, it, it, you know, if you study early church history, Christian was actually a derogatory term. Um, but disciple just really defined who these people were that were following Jesus. So I'm just really excited about this. We're gonna take our time here, go through this. We got every weekend this month. Um, and so we're gonna jump right in. And so I hope you enjoyed worship today. Um, and I'm ready to just to share this with you. And we're gonna really talk today, before I pray, we're just gonna talk about really kind of what is it and why, why, why discipleship? What What is it really? So we're just gonna talk about kind of the main reason as to why we are called disciples, the importance of discipleship, and how that is truly um, how we're supposed to live as believers, okay? So let's jump in here. Father, we just thank you for your word. I pray that you speak today <clears throat> and that um, we, we learn. God, I pray that we receive from your word as to what this really means to be a disciple of Christ. I pray that we truly will grow in our walk with God as a result of this series. So Lord, speak in this moment and to us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And so um, right here, let's, let's just go here quickly. Matthew chapter 28, uh, verse 16 to 20. This is after Jesus... Uh, was crucified, buried, rose again. And this is what he tells his disciples. Starting in verse 16, then the 11 disciples, everybody say disciples, uh, went away into Galilee to the mountain, which Jesus had appointed for them, verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Um, it also says that in the book of Mark that they doubted, time and time again, they doubted after the resurrection even after seeing him, they still doubted. Um, and the Bible says that he rebuked them. Um, and here, it kind of in Matthew here, the account, Matthew's account uh, of this moment in history, um, it says again that some doubted. Uh, so verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples. Um, let's say that together, say this with me, say go therefore and make disciples. Let's say it again, repeat after me. Go therefore and make disciples. All right, so verse 19, I'm gonna read it again. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. This is what the theologians call the great commission. So when Jesus 
knew in this moment, I'm gonna to ascend to the right hand of the throne of, of, of God. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, but this is what you do. This is what disciples do. This is the why, okay? So when you think of the Great Commission, when you think of the command of Jesus, the, the, the commission from the risen Savior, he said, point blank, period, go therefore and make disciples. Um, I believe the King James Version says, uh, teach all nations. So teach and disciple, um, uh, learn those words are English words, transliterating uh, the same Greek word, uh, which we will dive into the definition of that word in the New King James, which I'm reading from, it says make disciples. But the point is that's what we do. That's what this is. This, this thing called Christ following is not about church attendance. Um, it's not about church, church, quote unquote, church membership. Um, it's not about, th those things are part and they're realities. Uh, I, I'm mentioning those things because they are a part of our life. And yes, it, that, that is there. But no, here, verse 19, this is the Bible now. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. All right. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them. Here it is. This is discipleship, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. My first point is this. Discipleship is the goal. Like that, that that's the goal. That's what this is about. It's not about, um, you know, just ascribing to some religious sect. It's not about adherence to a creed. It's not about religious dogma or, you know, it, it, it is about making disciples. That's what this is. This is, this is, this is what the, the, the role from the individual that has encountered God, what is the goal at that point? Um, to be a disciple and to make disciples. That's, that is what the great commission is. All right. So once again, my first point, folks, discipleship is the goal. The goal of what? The goal of being a Christian, uh, the goal of walking with God, the goal of professing Christ, the, the goal, the outcome, the result, the, the, the vocation, the, the cause, the why, as to why am I doing what discipleship is the goal. And then if you go on to um, Acts, right? Jesus Got, it says in Acts 1, we're going to read this here if you want to turn to your Bibles. Acts chapter 1, Acts 1, verses 4 to 8. Um, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. This is Acts chapter 1, verse 4. I'm going to read to verse 8. But to wait for the promise of the Father. And as we are um, here today on this Sunday, this is uh, Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after uh, the resurrection Pentecost Sunday is when the Holy Spirit came. And so um, it's no coincidence that we're speaking on discipleship and how we, the only way to truly to be a disciple or to disciple others is we need the power of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the early church, or I should say actually the apostles, the disciples of Christ, the 120 that gathered in the upper room did nothing, did nothing until they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So we need the endowment of the Spirit of God. We need the anointing of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, same uh, as it was in antiquity, so it is today. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Because um, discipleship just isn't um, religious ritual or uh, religious discipline. Because you can have all those things without the Holy Spirit. We need the grace of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He is the teacher, right? He is the discipler, if I could say that, right? And we need him. So here we go. Let's go back and read this here. Um, But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse five, uh, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse six, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Okay, they, they were concerned about uh, Bible prophecy and how does this all tie in? Verse seven, and he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons. Don't worry about all that right now. Do not worry about all that right now, which the father has put into his own authority. Verse eight, here it is. So it's Pentecost Sunday today, folks. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. There is another um, scripture there that directly connects to Matthew chapter 28 concerning the Great Commission. So he's saying, you go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He is saying, um, go, go, you know, uh, make disciples of all nations. And they, But before, before that, Acts chapter one, verse eight, but you, before you do that, right? Before you do that, 11 disciples, before you do that, 120 gathered in the upper room, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. There's the great commission right there. And he pauses. Jesus interjects from what he said in Matthew chapter 28 to what is said right here in Acts chapter one. He says, hold on. You're gonna do this. You're gonna you're gonna make disciples. But first, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do this yourself. This is not a religious thing that humans do. This is a grace, an endowment by God Himself on humanity, so that people can encounter God and walk in freedom. This is the Great Commission. We need. Here's my next point: the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna say it again: to disciple, to be discipled, and to disciple others. We absolutely need the power of the Holy Spirit. So once again, discipleship is the goal and we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to ask God. We need to pray and seek God, talk to him and say, God, empower me by your spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can be a true disciple and so I can disciple somebody else. All right. And so in 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 um, in Matthew chapter 28, um, in verse 19, right, we, we read this already. Um, but I'll just read it in part. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Go therefore, go. Go therefore and make disciples. And so we're gonna just look at this word because we're just starting out here with this series, what is discipleship? Well, here's what it means to make a disciple. Um, It's the Greek word mathiteo, and actually that's where you get the word math. It's where you get the word math um, because it means to learn, okay? It's um, um, mathetis or disciple. So to make disciples, okay? And and I'm gonna read the literal definition here and I'm gonna read kind of these multiple definitions of this word and kind of how it applies because that's what we're really talking about today, okay? But when Jesus said this, this is what he meant. 
okay? And making disciples, it means helping someone to progressively learn the word of God to become matured, okay? So that is our heart. Our heart as believers, right, isn't to just plant a seed, but our heart for people is that we help them when that seed is planted in their heart. So, so salvation is an absolute work of God. It is the grace of God. Jesus told Nicodemus, hey, Nicodemus, man, you cannot see the kingdom unless you're born again. And Nicodemus, in his natural interpretation, his intellect seemed to be kind of causing him to stumble along because Jesus was speaking in on spiritual terms. Like, like somebody being born again is very much a spiritual encounter and work of God's grace. Um, you know, it's not like checking the boxes here. Uh, the Bible does define that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Those are great scriptures to kind of define what it, what salvation is and how it may even, and it does begin with people, but but this is not, hey, do this, follow these steps and you're saved. No, we need a literal revelation of Jesus and the knowledge of God. It is, it is that we are born again. This is a spiritual birth, birthing that happens. This is, a, this is somewhat of a mystery. The Bible says, uh, Jesus said, you know, you don't know where the wind is going, where the wind blows, nor where it's going, where it's going or where it's coming from. And he says, so is everyone born of the spirit, okay? And so, but when people encounter God, then it's like we help them, right? That's what it, this word to make a disciple means. It means when, when these, those that God has put his hand on, those that God has touched, those that have encountered God, those that have eyes have been opened to see who Jesus really is. What does the church do? Help them to progressively learn the word of God to become a matured, growing disciple. It literally means learner, okay? Or Christ follower. It also means this, okay? to train, develop in the truths of scripture and the lifestyle required, okay? This is why discipleship or being a disciple just isn't a student, okay? Uh, many of you may be students in school um, and I understand the parallel, but discipleship is deeper than a student because discipleship is more than learning. And this is why, I'm gonna read it again. This is what it means to be a disciple is that you're trained and developed in the truths of scripture and the lifestyle required, okay? So discipleship here, here's my next point. Discipleship is synonymous to this. Um, it's, it's learn and live. Discipleship equals learn and live. Or discipleship is learning and living. It is not one without the other. This is, uh, we are not ascribing to a religious discipline. We have had an encounter with the, with the living Christ. And in that encounter, we then learn and live for him. We don't just learn, okay? We don't just learn. So, see, if we learn intellectually, mentally, 
and, and not live, guess what we become? We become like the Pharisees, hypocrites and religious. That's why Jesus said, do what they say, not what they do. Why? Because they said the right thing at times, but they were obviously not living it, right? And so disciples learn and live. Discipleship is learning and living. Okay, so, so look, I'm not going to get into different methods of certain churches or methodologies of how they have in, within their, the construct of their church, how they quote unquote, quote, disciple. I think there's great methods out there. We're not going to get into those details. I just want to kind of define scripturally. If we just look at the scripture, this is what it is. It is learning and living. Okay, and if, look, at here's the other side of this. If, if we try to live the gospel, but don't take the time to learn the word and learn the ways of God, we'll get frustrated and quit. Why? Because you can't just try to live something and not apply yourself. That's where that, the term discipline comes in, discipline learner, that, that we must be learners and livers. Livers, liver, I don't know if that's a real word, you get what I mean? Not liver like the body part, but we gotta be people that live, not learners and livers, but we gotta be people that live it and learn it, learn it and live it, all right? That's what discipleship is, all right? I, I, I'm telling you right now, I've seen um, even young people that have just a thirst for Bible knowledge, right? And so their, their knowledge has exceeded um, how they're actually living. And, and, that, and I understand there's always a tension there, right? And I see people trying to live this thing and, and they, don't, they don't study the word for nothing, right? They just hear it on Sunday, that's it. But I'm just saying we need, we need we're disciples, do both. It's all encompassing. It's all encompassing. All right. So, so learning and not living as well. I'm going to say this learning and not living opens the door to pride and invites pride into our heart. It's an invitation to pride. Why? The Bible says knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Why? Because you can have a whole lot of knowledge with zero action and that's going to open the door to pride. But we got to be people that, that are learning and living, learning and applying. That's why the Bible says, right? If, if you hear the word and don't do it, it's like looking at yourself in the mirror and, and you walk away and you forget what you look like. Uh, we we want to be people that learn and live, live and learn. Amen? All right. So here we go. Hallelujah. Here's the next point. Uh, discipleship. This is what it is, and we're going to get into this now. It equates to um, be like Christ, okay? So discipleship is synonymous to be like Christ. That's what the goal is. The goal of discipleship is to be like him, okay? Um, and so that's why, because in by definition, in in even the the early church, the the or, or even uh, when Jesus walked the earth, um, those in society understood what disciples were because they were disciples in different religions. Um, they, 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 this was a, a, a process of somebody learning a craft or whatever. Another good word for discipleship in our English language is more along the lines of apprentice. Why? Because apprentices aren't students. They're applying, they're engaged in something. They are in essence, living and engaging in something they are learning. That is being a Christian, that we are not just in a classroom. We are, you know, in 
we're learning in real time in real life. It is it is it is life application. This is this is my life style. So we are if as you as it were like apprentices of Christ. We're not students of the word per se. We are apprentices of Christ. We are learning how to do as he does. Apprentices are there to learn the craft and to follow the model so they can do exactly what their master, their mentor is doing. All right. So once again, uh, my next point here, we're going to dive into this here in this next section is discipleship equates to be like Christ. With respect to discipleship equals um, be like Christ. Here it is. I'm going to read from my notes. A disciple has been shown to be someone who follows the teachings, life, and aim of another until the person becomes like the master. Until that's an apprentice. Until the person becomes like the master. All right, I'm going to read from my notes here. Discipleship in the Christian sense is the process of making someone become like Christ. He is the goal. No other person is the goal, right? We can learn from others and see the Christ. And then Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, right? Imitate me as I imitate Christ, okay? The disciple of Christ is to become like Christ in everything. And that is what the Christian life is. The Christian life is not, I'm gonna say it again. It's not this shallow thing like I go to church, just go, of course we go, of course we gather. Yes, we gather, we worship, we're in community. Um, but being a Christian is not that I'm a member of some local church. Hopefully you are in community because that is just what we as Christ followers do. We're connected to the body, fitly joined together, gathering, fellowshipping, um, you know, learning from one another. But this truly is the, the desire of a Christian ought to be, I want to be like Jesus and I want to learn from him and follow him. I am an apprentice of Christ. Amen. So um, here it is. And as we get into this, this is about the person of Christ becoming like him. That The Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. The Bible also says that we as the body are the light of the world, right? We are salt and light. We are ambassadors of Christ, right? So, so here it is. The means of discipleship is not information, okay? Students get information. Disciples receive revelation. It's different. It's spiritual. Discipleship is a spiritual thing. It's absolutely at its core. It is spiritual. Why? Salvation at its core is a spiritual revelation. I am born again. My spirit is brand new. I now see Jesus for who he is. And in seeing him, I'm learning who he is and I'm seeing who I really am in him. This is a spiritual encounter and a spiritual journey, okay? So salvation is the revelation of a person, is not adherence to a religion. You know, in certain nations, because of the, um, just the centuries of religion in society that, there are certain nations you're either born, quote unquote, I'm a naturally born here. You're either born a Muslim or a Christian and that's on your that's on your ID card based on religious affiliation. But true 
Christian disciple is not because you're born and a government, uh, some sort of government agency puts a stamp. Okay, you're in a Christian family, you're Christian. Okay, you're Muslim, you're Muslim, right? No, that that is not what a Christian is. That is what um, religion mixed with civil government is. But being a Christian, a disciple, a follower of Christ is by virtue of somebody saying yes and submitting their life to Jesus by revelation, okay? So salvation is the revelation of a person, Christ. So our spiritual growth and journey is no different. It it is, so our spiritual growth is progressive revelation of that person. It is is the revelation of a person. That's why Paul said in Philippians 3, uh, that I might know him. And he said in Colossians, him we preach. The message itself is a person, right? The, 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 the goal of the Christian is knowing him. This is the revelation of Christ, the person, not adherence to some dogma, all right? So the goal of discipleship is not intellectual assent, okay? Uh, rather, the goal of discipleship, the outcome of discipleship is soul transformation, um, is there information in discipleship? Yes, but it's not just information. It is revelation, all right? You can have all kind of information without revelation, okay? So, so the goal of discipleship is that we are image bearers of Christ. That is the goal, that Christ would be formed in us and in those we disciple. Christ is the goal, his person, his attitude, his way, uh, his heart, his word, all right? Um, Galatians chapter four, verse 19 and 20. Here we go. I'm gonna go quickly. Galatians 4, 19. My little children for whom I labor in birth. Spiritual language here. The apostle Paul did not get pregnant. I can guarantee you that. But he's talking to his disciples, the church here in Galatia, and in, in, in Galatia, and the reason he's so concerned is because they were getting um, distracted and deceived into following uh, the Jewish tradition, uh, namely circumcision and stuff like that, uh, by the um, influence of the Jewish religious community. And he understood in seeing Christ that we are no longer bound to those religious practices or rituals right, that Christ fulfilled the law and now we are justified by grace through faith, not of works. And so he, so he's like my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. This is discipleship, that Christ is formed in people, okay? Formed, it means that until Christ is fashioned, until Christ is shaped, until Christ is molded. It's, it's, the, it's the Greek word morpho or morphu, where we get metamorphosis. It speaks of embodying the change in our inner essence, okay? Taking on the form that embodies the essence of Christ, that embodies the anointing of the Holy Spirit, embodies the person of Christ. He is groaning and travailing. Uh, he says, he says, labor and birth or birth pains, pain. 
he is surveilling. He's like, oh, this Galatian church, right? Like he is in pain because, you know, religion's trying to get a hold of him. And he's like, no, Christ, not religious ritual, not the, the, the Jewish tradition, but, but Christ, the person, right? And so he goes on to say, verse 20, I would like to be present with you now and to change my tone. He said, for I have doubts about you. I'm telling you, if you if any if you ever if, if you feel called the pastor, you're gonna have moments like this where you're just perplexed about people, about where they are and what they're allowing into their life, what they're uh, you know what they're you know whether it's just an unhealthy relationship or they're involving themselves in just ungodly stuff, and you're just like God, like that Christ would be formed in them, you know. And, it says, you know, I've, I have doubts about you, you know, and he means he's at a loss. He's perplexed, like, what's going on? I wish I was there with you so I could help you out, right? And so here it is once again, this is discipleship, that Christ would be formed in us and other people, all right? Here we go. Here is my last point, all right? This is the last point. What is discipleship? The why of discipleship? And it's this, discipleship, is synonymous to community, okay? And um, and I know they're uniquely different and they have their unique things. They're, they're uniquely different words. Um, if you were to, you know, the word fellowship um, or community, communion, um, that's a uniquely different word than discipleship. But in community, um, that is where discipleship happens. That is where it happens. That is... That is the environment of discipleship happens in community. Why? Because if you look at the early church, just as Paul here, Paul was part of the Galatian community, right? As, as a spiritual leader, had this letter sent to them. He was involved in their journey. He was frustrated with their distractions. Um, but uh, the point here is that discipleship happens in and through relationship. Hence, my last point. Discipleship equals community. It's, it's, they, they, they're, they're, they work in tandem. Discipleship and community. So now let's just uh, look at a verse here that, that really kind of breaks this down a little bit. So yeah, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I think this is really um, the practical side of discipleship is its community. It's in community. It's among people and with people. That's what it is. That's what the that's why Jesus said go into all the world and make you he's he's sanctioning these disciples saying you are disciplers go make disciples this is this is it community happens in community if 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 you're not in relationship with other believers you you're you're you are you are not being discipled in the true biblical sense I'm not saying you can't learn from the word the written word, I'm not saying you can't, there's no, you know, I'm not taking away from that or prayer, but when you talk about discipleship, you're speaking of people. You're speaking of this exchange with other people. You're speaking of, you know, you look at the narrative in, in the gospels. It was Jesus, the God man, doing life with 12 men for three years, disciples, right? So it's living and learning. So if you are, in relationship with other believers, and there's a context for some sort of discipleship, Bible study, relationship, doing life together, that is discipleship. 
And I understand there's methods, there's quote unquote systems that churches come up with in our day and age and our culture and try to think of ways to kind of help disciple people and praise the Lord. But no, you know, the, it's, it, the method is not sacred, but discipleship, if I could say this, because of its emphasis in the scripture, there is this sacredness to it. This is, we don't have the choice to just, let's just cut discipleship out and just say, you know what? Have your own little personal relationship with Jesus over here all by yourself. I'm, you know, I, I'm not taking away from the fact that you are justified by grace and faith and that you have a personal relationship with God in Christ. But you need relationship with other people. You need to be in the body. Absolutely. Connected, fitly joined together. Somebody knows your name. You know their name. You're in community, right? They broke bread daily from house to house. I mean, the the content, like that is the body. That, I mean, uh, all the letters for, for the most part were written to communities. And then early church history tells us that these letters, that's the reason why they have been canonized is because the early church was distributing these. That, um, you know, uh, um, archaeologists and historians have found certain letters to Corinth in totally different regions from that time. Why? Because the the, the early church was, you know, they, they were distributing this content because it was written to communities. It was written to local church bodies, right? And so th this is where we're kind of uh, concluding today, but this is kind of where we're going to get to um, these next few weeks is this is what discipleship is. That true biblical discipleship only happens in the context of relationship. By definition, that is what it is. It means to learn from someone, to follow the model of somebody, okay? So let's look at this verse. I just got one more verse. I have another one, but I probably won't read it. Uh, but um, I might just give it to you to go look it up on your own. But Philippians chapter four, verse eight to nine, this really practically like nuts and bolts discipleship is right here in this verse. Here we go. Uh, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I think we've heard that verse a lot and, and we like that, but let's. I think we leave out verse nine a little too much, but here it is. Here it is, discipleship. Say this with me. Before I read verse nine, say this with me. Say discipleship equates to community. Say this with me, say discipleship happens in the context of community. So here we go. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. This is discipleship. So Paul was speaking to a church in Philippi, okay? The Philippian church. And he wasn't some aloof, um, you know, uh, celebrity preacher that was, everybody was just mesmerized by his speaking ability. And he like whisked in, gave just a tremendous, a tremendous speech and exited out the back door, escaped to the green room and went off to his next um, his next speaking engagement. Like that is not what happened. 
Verse 9. The things which you learned, that's that, that is a derivative of the same uh, Greek word, um, disciple. Okay, so um, very interesting. The word disciple, disciples in the New Testament, that literal English word is only used in the Gospels in the book of Acts. In New King James Version, you will not find the word disciple in any of the letters or in Revelation, in Hebrews, none of that word is not there. But there is a word that's there that's a derivative of it, which I find fascinating, and it's the word learn. You'll find the word learn, and it comes from the word discipleship. Same word, why? And, and, I, and I believe I know why. It's because the Gospels are kind of, in, are, are kind of um, opening up the the. the the fact that Jesus has disciples, the book of Acts were the quote unquote first disciples, the first church, the beginning, the birth of the church. And then the letters are now the result of discipleship, which is learning. Okay, so I'm gonna give you this definition of the word learning. Okay, and let me read verse nine again. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, community, relationship, discipleship is relationship. You can have relationship without without discipleship, true, but you can't have discipleship without relationship. All right? So this is the word manthano, learned, and it means this, gaining fact knowledge as someone learns from experience, often with the implication of reflection or come to realize. It comes from the word methetis, Methetes, a disciple, a disciple. So a disciple learns and he's saying that things which you learned, meaning they only learned it because they were in relationship and they only learned it because he was discipling them. All right? Hallelujah. Here's another. Here, here is that particular word that learned comes from, okay? I'm going to read you this and we're almost done today. This is what it means. A follower of Christ who learns the doctrines of Scripture and the lifestyle they require. Okay? Hallelujah. It's where you get the word catechism, which is used in certain environments, but it really means someone catechized with proper instruction from the Bible. Okay, let's be clear. From the Bible, not what just some religious people or whatever, anybody wants to say no from the Bible with its necessary follow through. The key here is that there's a lifestyle that follows, there's a follow through that follows, and there is a living out that is absolutely requisite to learning. All right, hallelujah. So let me go through these points again, then I'm gonna pray. Discipleship is the goal, all right? We need the power of the Holy Spirit Discipleship equals learn and live, all right? Discipleship equals be like Christ, and discipleship equals community. They work in tandem, they work together, and discipleship always happens in the context of community. So let me pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for everybody here today. I pray that we become better disciples, and I pray that you show us how to disciple. Uh, God, I pray that we wouldn't just think of this thing as some, like that, that walking with you is just about me and me getting better and me 
uh, getting what I want and me fulfilling my purpose. Lord, I pray that we would truly live out the purpose of the word and the purpose of the revelation we have of you. And that is being a disciple and us discipling others. So God, grace us, show us how to do this. Lord, empower us to live it in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.